when we look here in the book of John, chapter, chapter 11, turn there with me, if you will, please. I was going to read one more verse. It's John chapter 14, verse 6. Many of you could quote this entire passage here. But John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the what? Life. Life begins with God. Life is a gift from God. He said, I am the way and I'm the truth and I am the life. There would not be life if it were not for me. There would not be eternal life if it were not for me, Jesus said. And we know and understand that. No man, no matter how good, how thoughtful, how caring, whatever, can cometh unto the Father but by me and through me for what I have done for you. And so life, we're going to talk about life a little bit tonight. This great chapter, John chapter 11, records the seventh of eight amazing miracles that take place in this great book recorded by John, the, the apostle. And we have the greatest resurrection uh, from the dead by Jesus Christ himself who resurrected from the grave. But here we're talking about the resurrection of Lazarus. I'm sitting there in that auditorium yesterday morning and again last night and I'm thinking, my soul, would it not be something? And if we roll the clock back and we were in Jesus' day and Jesus come walking into a little funeral home and decide, you know what? She's not lived long enough. He's not lived yet long enough. And go up there and raise that casket, open it up, and tell them, Kami, arise. Uh, uh, you know, it, it just, it just, it's just amazing to think, to consider, it could have been done. Jesus did do it, did it on three occasions. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. So, here... In this passage, we see salvation is pictured as a, as a picture of resurrection from the dead, and that is giving of life, the giving of life. Jesus resurrected from the dead, of course, and because he lives, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are going to live eternally. And again, I'm excited about that. No end. You know, everything that we identify and associate with comes to an end. Uh, how many of you are football fans? All right. We, as far as the seasons goes, we got about five more weeks. Maybe at best six more games and then the playoffs. Okay. And then they start the bowl games, which now there are, what, 388 of them? It's unreal. I mean, I remember when I was coming up as a kid, there, there, there must have been about a dozen or maybe 15 bowl games. And now there, there's 30 plus, there may be 40. I don't know how many there are. But the football season will come to an end. And I anxiously await, because I love football. I didn't play football much. I played a couple of years in, in junior high school. And uh, I, I just, I didn't have the size 
Uh, they didn't want me on the line. And uh, so I wasn't a lineman. I don't, I'm not built like a lineman. I'm built like a running back. Yeah, I run back to the locker room and get some more water. You know, that's, that's what they wanted me to do. But uh, so you have to forgive me. I chased rabbits and then I forget where I was. <laughs> giving them life. Yes, giving them life. Amen. That's where we are. <laughs> so look with me in uh, John chapter 11. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, that him is the Lord Jesus Christ, the friend of Lazarus. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified hereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and, his, and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, this is interesting, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples. Now notice where they needed to go. Where was Lazarus? Verse 1. Where is it, folks? He's in where? Bethany. But notice what it says in verse 7. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into where? Judea. Judea again. And his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he slumbereth, he, yeah, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the, light, in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. In other words, he said, while it's light and while the timing is right, I need to go. And he knew that his time had come. He knew it. Go on, verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of the sleep. Now these disciples did not know that he had died. I know Jesus knew because Jesus knows everything. He didn't have to be there to know. But it wasn't until they arrived that these disciples learned Lazarus in fact had died. And so it says in verse 14, Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. In other words, you boys are going to see something that is phenomenal, that is amazing, and God's going to be glorified, 
and the Son of Man is going to be glorified. We'll go on quickly here. Look with me over in verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, ye shall, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Martha, do you believe that? Well, I thank God that we've learned and come to believe and understand that that is true. I may die once, but I'm going to be born again twice. I'm already born again. I was born once. Walter and Carlene Sloan had this bouncing baby boy. October the 1st, 1950. I used to say, I used to embarrass my mother to tears. We'd be sitting around. They'd be talking to family. I'm about 10, 11, 9 years old, something like that. And um, they'd say, now, uh, Walter Jr., when you, were you born? I was born on the 1st, October 1st, and my mom and dad got married two days later. Their anniversary was October 3rd. And mama would always holler, Junior, I told you, don't be saying that kind of thing. <laughs> That's terrible. We were married two years before you was born. All I know is mom, I was born on the first. Y'all got married on third, okay? So, but, uh, but uh, she got used to it because I, I did that every now and then just for the fun of it. But um, I was a little jokester when I was a kid. Of course, I'm still a little joker. But uh, all right. Let's go ahead and start looking at the outline here. Let's verify the fact that Jesus said he was dead. Lazarus is dead, he said. This represents, Lazarus' death represents the unsaved man. He is lost. He's not just sick, but he is spiritually dead. I remember when I became spiritually alive. I, I'll never forget the day. It was in the month of April. I don't know the date, but in the month of April, we'd had a spring revival. And at the age of 14, I walked from the next to the last row in that little basement auditorium at Woodbine Free Will Baptist Church. And I walked to that altar and I knelt down. And it seems like one of the men in the church that was a Sunday school teacher came and knelt with me. And began to pray with me and instruct me from the scriptures. And that was the day I trusted Christ as my own personal Savior. Until that point, I was spiritually dead. But all of a sudden, just like you, those of you that have believed upon the name of the Lord, I became alive for the very first time spiritually. Man, what, what a unique uh, happening for me. I'll never forget it. 
uh, Brother Cordell, he was my pastor, and he would have us that got saved that day. And by the way, it seemed like there were five or six people that were saved that Sunday morning. And then when it warmed up just by a few weeks, we went out to Sycamore Creek out in the country, Robertson County, and we were all baptized. In fact, there were 14 of us that got baptized that same Sunday. The only thing that bothered me about going to Sycamore Creek, that's the same creek that my brother Charles and I would go with my daddy and we'd go moccasin hunting. We'd hunt for snakes in that same creek. I said, you're going to dip me down in there in this creek? I mean, you know, I've killed snakes out here. And, uh, but uh, we splashed the water. We did everything we could to make noise and get rid of any snakes. And it was all good. And all 14 of us got baptized that Sunday afternoon. It was a, a glorious, glorious time. But uh, that's what happens to us, that transformation of Jesus coming into our heart and our life. And life. Lazarus, as we know, his life had ended. I don't know what he was sick of, but I know this. He left this old world temporarily. He was there in that grave, and he had laid there for four days by the time Jesus got there. It says that Jesus purposely delayed, didn't leave till two days later. You say, if he loved him, why didn't he hurry on? Because Jesus knows everything. He knew that the timing was just right. He knew what he would do. He knew he would reinstate to all that was there, all those witnesses. By the way, it was a crowd of folks they had come to support and encourage those two dear sisters that loved them and all the friends and extended family. And Jesus knew that there'd be plenty of witnesses. He knew good and well that there was a good chance that the Sadducees and Pharisees and the chief priests and the high priests, that they would show up as well. I want all the witnesses that we can get. And so there they were. And then Jesus decides, where did you lay him? Where is he? And they told him. And they walked down there to where the cave was. And the rock was there in front of the, of the door, the opening. And Jesus said, move the stone, move the stone. And that's when Martha said, Lord, he stinketh by now. It's been four days. And he gave no reaction to that whatsoever. Just simply moved the stone. He was decayed. And by the way, that's exactly what sin does to us. It decays us. A good illustration in this passage that just as his body was decaying, we too, in our lives, without Jesus Christ, in our sinful nature, we decay. I, I tell you what, we live in a pretty decayed society right now. One of the most depressing things I do almost every day, and why I get up and do this, I do not know. But I got the Fox News app on my telephone, and I pull it out, and I begin to read. And by the time I get through about five articles, I'm ready to toss that phone down on the couch and go eat some breakfast and try and forget what I just read. Somebody's, somebody has slain an entire family or someone took a gun and shot and killed five people in a neighborhood or, there's, uh, or the uh, LGBTQT group, they're out there and they're trying to persuade children to adopt their way of life. It's just the world's so full of sickness and filth and decay it sorrows my heart. My soul, you know and I know 
by the condition of what we see just here in America. You don't have to cross our borders. Jesus is coming soon. How much more can he tolerate? I just do not know. I, I know how you are and I know how I am. We would have already come. The only thing I continue to be reminded by my spiritual advisors is Jesus, God Almighty, is waiting on that one thing, that one more soul to be led to Christ. Maybe at an altar, maybe in their living room, maybe uh, they're, they're, they're touring something and it pricks their heart and they see something and it reminds them that life is short and that they're going to spend eternity somewhere and they decide, I need Jesus as my Savior. He's coming back. He's coming soon. The third point, he was raised and when he was raised, Lazarus was given life once again. Not many can boast of that. Only three that Jesus did that for. How amazing to think. He lived, he died, and then he lived again. Uh, what an amazing miracle that was. How did it happen? It happened by his word. He did it by his word. And, and why did he do it? Why did he raise Lazarus from the dead? Because he simply loved him. He loved him. Why did Jesus come and die on the cross of Calvary? One reason. It was out of love. And then he loved him because it brought glory to God. So, our fourth point. He was tied. He was bound. He had those great clothes on him. And when he came out, of that tomb. And boy, don't you love that statement. Jesus identified him. De Jesus specifically said his name, Lazarus, come forth. Had he not done that, there might have been several people to come out of that grave and that area there. But he identified the one that he wanted to be loosed. And he came out. And in verse 44, they loosed him. And they let him go. Oh my. I cannot imagine the conversation for the next days to come. And uh, what a joy the sisters had in having their brother back. Point number five. He witnessed to others. He witnessed to others. Uh, witnessing is one reason Jesus leaves us here. To be a witness. To be a soul winner. To tell others about the saving grace of Jesus to tell them that there are going to be, their soul is a never dying soul and they're going to be somewhere forever. I choose heaven. Amen. I'm thankful for a place he's preparing for you, for me. And if I understand it, according to the dimensions, there's plenty of room for all. I love the, I love the statement, there's room at the cross for you. My friend, there's also room in heaven for you. The sad truth is there's plenty of room in hell too for those that reject the Lord. And we need compassionately need to love them and care for them and go for them. Now there was a crowd that didn't like this kind of talk. They didn't like what was going on. And that crowd was the Sadducees. The Sadducees. 
that religious group, they did not believe in the resurrection. Oh, it angered them so. And uh, uh, I, I love this. I learned it years ago in, in Bible college. The Sadducees, the best way to remember them is they are sad, you see. You're, they're sad. Why? There's no resurrection. All the Pharisees were a happier group of people. They did believe in the resurrection. They did believe in life after death, but not the sad Sadducees, you see. So I always did like that. I thought that was a cute thing. And then we'll look at number six. He was persecuted. Lazarus was persecuted. And let me just say this quickly. I read an article this morning about a Christian sister that was being persecuted, worked 17 years for a health organization, been a good worker, faithful worker, and uh, she had made a lot of contribution to the place that she was employed during those years. And lo and behold, um, I'm trying to remember exactly the issue, Peggy, that uh, I shouldn't have brought it up. I couldn't remember all of it, right? Yeah, but uh, uh, what was it? Oh, oh, it was about this silly, ridiculous pronoun thing going on. Him and her and she and, 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 and uh, all that kind of thing. And uh, they had put them through a training and told them uh, that it, we're going to do the proper thing now. We're going to be respectful and mindful of people who are not sure what they are. Well, I mean, everybody knows what they are at birth. I mean, they're not the two options, okay? Uh, God made them Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And so uh, we all know that there's a lot of confused people right now. And it's tragic and it's sad. And I thought about this dear sister, lost her job, lost her benefits, lost everything. And uh, how sad. It just reminds me of how much persecution is going on, even in America. But it's not to the degree it's going on in a lot of foreign countries. There are Christians all over the world being persecuted and being killed daily. And uh, it's just, it, it, it's just, it's sorrowful. It is tragic. But he was persecuted. The truth of the matter is, um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests, if they had it their way, there'd been four crosses on Mount Calvary. They would have loved to have hung him as well. Why? Because Lazarus was a witness. Lazarus, Lazarus was a testimony of resurrection. And the Sadducees especially hated that. Because here is a live, living, walking miracle who proves there is life after death. I was dead four days, now I'm alive. How did I become alive again? But by the voice and the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, he went out and told it. He told it like it was. And so he was persecuted, uh, sadly enough. He was persecuted and the Jews hated Lazarus because he convinced others. He convinced others of Christ's deity. All right, let's look at number eight. Our final note tonight, we always like final, amen. He fellowshiped with Christ. He fellowshiped with Christ. Can you imagine there in, in John chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, 
Let's look at those two verses, and that'll be our last two. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made a supper, and Martha served, which was her normal chore. She was a servant. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with Jesus. How precious. How wonderful. And that kind of fellowship. I, um, I think about these three primary people that we talked about tonight. Mary and Martha and Lazarus. I think it's interesting. When we think of Mary, we think of worship. She often praised the Lord. She honored the Lord with her life. And she was faithful to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Martha, she worked. We can't spend all of her time praising. We do need to work. It's a matter of service that he expects of us. And then Lazarus, well, we think about him in a Christian walk. Everywhere he went, he testified, he praised the Lord. He was seen as a godly man and he walked with the Lord. What an amazing chapter. What an amazing event. We too one day, if Christ tarries his coming, will experience resurrection. A trumpet will sound and those graves will pop out of the ground and in the blink of an eye we'll join the Lord Jesus Christ and be heaven bound. Amen. We look forward to that day coming.